Welcome to the Health Optimized Podcast. The goal of this podcast is to discuss the latest scientific literature and evidence-based health optimization tools so that you can take immediate and practical action in controlling your health today. Today's episode is Weight Loss Explained, more specifically Fat Loss Explained. A friend of mine came up to me earlier today and he said that he's having trouble with the extra bit of fat he's trying to lose and that he's having mainly trouble with overeating. And it prompted me to make this video about how I go about fat loss in order to get ready for the summer uh, and also more about how I keep the muscle during this fat loss. So in today's episode, we're going into depth about how we can lose the stubborn body fat that we want to lose for the summer as well as to keep on our hard-earned muscle that we've built over the winter. At the very base of weight loss is the equation calories in versus calories out. And what this means is that the calories that we consume is equal to the calories that we expend if we are at maintenance, meaning if we don't want our body weight to change, the amount of calories we would consume is equal to the amount of calories we expend on a given day, week, month, year, etc. So what is a calorie? A calorie is just a unit of energy, meaning that the energy that we consume is equal to the energy we expend in a given day at our body's maintenance levels. Our weight would not change. Now we can play around with this equation in order to determine how much weight we're going to lose or gain as well. So the amount of energy, if the amount of energy, that we consume is greater than the amount that we expend, we are going to gain weight. And this makes sense because that energy has to go somewhere. The second law of thermodynamics states that energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred and transformed. And in our bodies, that energy is transferred and transformed into body fat. And that's how we hold body fat on our bodies. So if we consume energy, if we consume calories, greater than the amount that we're exerting on a given day, we will gain body fat. On the contrary, if we consume less calories, less energy than we exert on a given day, we will lose that body fat because our bodies now transfer and transform that body fat into energy that leaves the body as heat, water, etc. Now that we know that calorie is just a form of energy, and that all of the foods and drinks that we consume is energy that play into this equation, we must understand what a calorie is made up of. And a calorie is made up of three basic macronutrients. The three macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and fats. There's also alcohol, but that is a, another topic for another day. So, in general, proteins and carbohydrates are four calories per gram and fats are nine calories per gram. So that means if we eat 25 grams of protein, that is 100 calories of protein. Same thing with carbohydrates. If we eat 25 grams of carbohydrates, this means that we have eaten 100 calories of carbohydrates. However, fats, fats are more compact, they're more dense, they hold more energy per gram. So if we eat 25 grams of fats, same thing with the 25 grams of protein and carbs. However, this time, 9 times 25 is 225 calories. So we see that the more fats we eat, the more calories that we consume. The more grams of fat that we eat, the more calories we consume. 
Therefore, it's important to know this because the way we distribute these macronutrients in our diet is going to directly impact the amount of calories that we consume. Okay, so now you're probably thinking, well, how much of all of these macronutrients do I need? How many calories do I need in order to lose weight? And that answer really all depends. There are certain calculators online that are not that accurate. The only way to really determine the amount of calories that's best for you in order to lose weight is to play around with it. I would suggest starting with these online calculators, but understanding that this is just a guess. It's an educated guess based on a bunch of different factors. However, obviously, if you use this amount of calories and you start tracking and you're not losing any weight, you still need to, lo you still need to lower the amount of calories because you're still over consuming calories. Okay, so now with the macros, these are all of the things that come into the calories in portion. There's only one thing that can determine the calories inside of the equation, and that is directly equal to the amount of food or drinks that contain calories that you consume, that you put into your body yourself. Okay, so this can come from food, drinks, alcohol, like I mentioned before, but let's stick with just food and drinks. So as per FDA guidelines and recommendations per given day, the percentage of macros that should come in your diet, aka the calories in portion, the FDA recommends that humans consume 20 to 35% of our calories from fat, about 20 to 35% from protein, and the rest from carbohydrates. Now, going about fat loss, these might differ a little bit. A good rule of thumb that I like to keep is one gram per pound of body weight for protein. And this means that if I am a 150 pound male, I would consume 150 grams of protein daily. And this is just an easy number. There are studies that show that going lower 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight is more than enough. Other studies show upwards of two grams doesn't have any improvements whatsoever you can if you'd like to but you certainly don't need to okay so now that is all of what contains the calories in part of the equation for the calories out part of the equation there are four main factors that go into calories out the energy expenditure right so these four are your basal metabolism exercise non-exercise activity thermogenesis and the thermic effect of food so for the basal metabolism, this is essentially your body functioning if you did absolutely nothing. If you woke up, laid in bed, and just breathed the entire day, your body still needs energy to function. It needs its energy for the organs to function, for you to blink, for you to do anything, to stay alive. This is your basal metabolism. And believe it or not, most of the calories that you burn in a given day are from your basal metabolism. About 70% of the calories that you burn in a given day are from basal metabolism. Now, there's also exercise, and this is pretty straightforward. Exercise, the more you exercise, the more calories you're going to burn. But exercise and moving around is going to burn calories. So the more that we do, the more that we can eat and not gain weight, right? It's a balancing equation. The third part of calories out, the third factor, is NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. 
and this is anything that you would do that's not it's specifically related to exercise, but it can be anything from twitching, moving your hands as I'm talking right now, um, writing things down, cleaning, walking, whatever it is that you haven't dedicated to exercise, but your body is physically moving, you're not just laying in bed, this is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So not exercising, but still your activity. And thermogenesis is just burning calories, your energy expenditure. And the last is the thermic effect of food. And the thermic effect of food is essentially your body needs energy to break down the food that you consume. And you're probably thinking, well, this is great. My body burns a lot just from eating, so I could just eat what I want and it'll burn it. It's not the case. Only about 10% of the calories that you actually eat are burned through this thermic effect of food. However, uh, you can manipulate the percentage of macros that you eat so that you would have more thermic effect of certain foods. For example, protein require more energy to break down. They are harder to break down um, and they are harder to store as body fat as fat is to store as body fat. So I wouldn't get too caught up on this specific factor of the calories out portion. Uh, there are so much other factors that you can focus on that'll exude a bigger impact than the thermic effect of food, but just know that that is there as well. Okay, so now that we know what goes into the equations of calories in and calories out, we can now manipulate that so that we can lose fat, meaning we can manipulate the equation so that we can have less calories consumed, more calories burned. If I am someone that is overweight, if I am someone that is holding a little extra body fat, such as my friend was, the goal is to lose that body fat, meaning the goal is to eat less than we burn. For someone that's looking to do the opposite, which is highly unlikely in this day and age, uh, they would have the opposite problem. They would be wanting to eat more than they exert. So for most people, we all want to lose fat. We all want to be a little bit healthier, get to a better body fat percentage. And so we want to burn more calories than we consume. So specifically looking at calories, if we're not looking at exercise, if we're not looking at the calories out, if we're looking at the things that we can control, the calories in portion, the only thing we can really control, we want to look to where we can take out those calories in our diet. So as a good rule of thumb, year round, I keep my protein amounts at one gram per pound of body weight. This is for the sake of math, but also it is in the range of muscle protein synthesis. Uh, studies show that consuming 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight is more than sufficient enough to build muscle. There's also a bunch of other studies that say you can go up to almost as much as 2 grams per pound of body weight. I feel that that is a law of diminishing returns. You certainly don't need to go that high. Also, it gets pretty cost effective and kind of unnecessary if you're eating that much protein. Uh, it's very hard to consume, at least mentally, to consume that much protein in a given day. So as a good rule of thumb, I like to use one gram per pound of body weight for protein. So if I am a 200 pound male, I would consume 200 grams of protein per day. And going back to the macronutrient calorie equation from before, that means that if I ate 200 grams of protein in a day, that would be 800 calories from protein in that day. On top of that, we have fats from nine calories per gram. 
the FDA recommends that humans consume 20 to 35% of their calories from fat. And knowing that fat contains more calories per gram than carbohydrates and protein, I like to keep this on the lower end. I still want my hormone function to be optimal. Fats are very important for hormone production. They have very important visceral effects in the body. They coat all of our organs. Membranes are all made up of fats, so definitely want to be consuming fat in your diet. But for the sake of knowing that fats contain nine calories per gram, more so than carbs and protein at four calories per gram, that means that for the certain amount of food that I'm consuming, I wanna get the best bang for my buck and fats are not gonna give me that. So for the same handful of food that come from fats, they're gonna be more calories than the same handful of food that comes from carbohydrates or protein. So for the sake of volume in my stomach and for the amount that I want to eat, I like to keep fats at that lower end of the range. So about 20% of my calories come from fats and the rest of it comes from carbs. So if I want to start cutting, if I'm someone that is holding a little extra body fat and I want to lose some body fat, we want to lower the amount of calories just a little bit at a time. And lower the amount of calories, meaning lower it less than the amount that you're expending. So we want to expend or exert, burn more calories, just a little bit more than we're consuming. And this is for the sake of saving muscle, uh, even being able to potentially add some muscle to our frame as we're going on about this cut. Okay, so I know the amount of macronutrients that I want in my diet. So I said that I want one gram per pound of body weight coming from protein. I want about 20% of my total calories coming from fats and the rest backfilling with carbohydrates. So let's say that I went into a calculator and it spit out that I would be best if I wanted to lose a little bit of fat consuming 2000 calories. So from those 2000 calories, if I, let's say I'm 150 pounds body weight, that means that I would want 150 grams of protein times four calories per gram is equal to 600 calories coming from protein. So if 600 calories coming from protein or 150 grams of protein per day. For fats, I said 20% of the total calories in a day I want coming from fat. So 20% of 2,000 is 400 calories divided by 9 calories per gram is roughly about 40 grams of fat per day. And the rest we said we're going to be backfilling with carbohydrates. Therefore, if we already have 600 calories coming from protein, 400 calories coming from fats, that is equal to 1,000 calories. 2,000 calories minus 1,000 is 1,000 calories coming from carbs divided by 4 would equal 250 grams of carbs. And the four was from the same as protein, four calories per gram in a single carbohydrate. So our total macros per day would then give us 150 grams of protein, 40 grams of fat, and 250 grams of carbs. 
and that would be roughly around 2,000 calories. So it's important to know that when we want to lose fat, the slower, the better. And by the slower, I mean the less amount of calories we want to cut than the amount that we're exerting. So if my maintenance level, that means the calories I consume, equals the amount of calories that I exert in a given day are equal at, let's say, 2,500, 2,500 calories, I would only want to cut about 250 to 500 calories per day. And there's a multitude of reasons why this is the best, uh, more so for the sake of preserving muscle and even potentially being able to add muscle during this cut, but also for the sake of your mind. You don't want to be starving all the time. The more calories we cut, the more hungry we are going to be. And that is not good for the sustainability of our diets. So speaking of the mind aspect of cutting, this is probably the reason why most people fail during their cuts is because it sucks. And when they cut, start cutting calories, their mind is not in it. They see that they're eating less food. They feel hungry. It's just not an overall good experience. So if we minimize the amount of calories that we have to cut and still be able to lose that fat, then that will be the best way of going about fat loss. Now, there's other ways that I would go about cutting calories. Um, one of the biggest things that I've found in cutting calories is that I lose the volume of food when I'm eating, and it makes sense. The less amount of calories, less amount of food you're eating, the less amounts, like the volume of food that you're going to be eating. So if I can find a way to still keep that volume high, meaning my stomach is full more throughout the day while still consuming less calories, this is the best option of going about a cut for my mind and also for my body. I'm still burning more calories than I'm consuming. I'm still lowering the amount of calories that I'm consuming. My stomach is still full. I'm not actively thinking about how hungry I am. And so there's a lot of products out now that can contribute and help to keep the volume of food high in your stomach while also lowering the calories. So a good example of this is if you would swap white rice for cauliflower rice, or at least some portion of that. So if you're going to make your own chipotle bowl or taco bowl, instead of using all of white rice, you would use maybe half and half cauliflower rice, white rice, if you're not too keen to the taste of cauliflower rice at the moment. But I promise the deeper you get into a cut, that cauliflower rice will be tasting amazing. <laughs> But if you would swap rice for cauliflower rice, you save on the amount of calories because cauliflower has a lot less calories than rice does, and you would still be able to keep the volume very high. So for a full bowl, let's say two cups of white rice is going to be about 600 calories, while two cups of cauliflower rice is going to be about, is going to be about 50, 60 calories. So we can see that either we can take the approach of eating the same and lowering the amount of calories, or we can even double the amount of cauliflower rice that we're eating, double the amount of volume, and still probably be at the same calories or even a little bit less calories than the white rice would hold. On top of this, there's also things like swapping out whole eggs for egg whites. Uh, instead of using three whole eggs, which would be about 200 calories, you can use maybe one whole egg, so you're still getting the healthy fats from one egg yolk, but the rest of the volume coming from egg whites, and that would contain more protein, less fats, less calories, 
and would still hold the amount of volume that would be satiating for yourself, that you would be pretty full for a lot of the day. Another rule of thumb that I use is to not take any calories out coming from fruits or vegetables. Fruits and vegetables at the very, very least are great for adding volume to your food. They contain plenty of micronutrients, flavonoids, phytochemicals that are fantastic for the overall body function and the gut microbiome, but at the very least, they would add volume to your food so you can stay in a cut. I would argue you should keep them in for the overall sake of your health and your body, but if you have to negotiate with your mind just to eat your vegetables for the sake of adding volume, then so be it. You're still eating your vegetables. There's also a lot of fiber in fruits and vegetables, which fiber is a insoluble or soluble form of fiber that is either slow digesting so your soluble fibers are slow digesting and they stay in your gi tract your gut for a longer amount of time keeping you full for a longer amount of time and the insoluble fiber actually cannot be digested by the body so it stays in your body for quite some time and then is excreted in full so your body stays full for longer so fiber is a great Thing to keep high and to look out for uh, so that you can include it during your cut. You're going to stay fuller for longer and this will help you to be less hungry throughout the day. So on top of the volume amounts of food, the best way that I have found to cut calories, if I really so choose, is to eat the same foods that I'm eating but choosing lower calorie versions of that food. So what I mean by this is if I'm consuming a meal with cheese, instead of using regular whole fat cheese, I would just swap this out for fat-free cheese, so long as it has less, less calories. So if whole cheese, if you're eating 100 grams of whole cheese and it has 200 calories, I would swap that out for fat-free cheese, which would have probably half the calories. So now you just took out an extra 50 calories just from that swap. On top of this, things like yogurt, if I were using a certain percent or just regular yogurt, I would switch to non-fat yogurt or plain non-fat Greek yogurt. And the reason for this is that one, plain non-fat Greek yogurt has a lot more protein than regular yogurt. So we're hitting our protein goals for the day easier. And on top of this, it has less calories than your regular whole milk yogurt. So we're killing two birds with one stone here by choosing the same foods, just lower calorie options of these foods. There's also products out in the market right now, like low calorie breads. There's bread that's called 647 bread, which is only 40 calories per slice. So if you have one sandwich, that normal bread is about 100 calories per slice. You just saved yourself 120 calories just from swapping out the bread. On top of this, peanut butter is something that is very high in calories. All the almond butters, all the nut butters essentially, are stuff that is very high in calories. So for the amount that you're getting, two tablespoons, it contains a very high amount of calories. So swapping out peanut butter for products like PB Fit, PB2, um, there's a new almond, ground almond product that I saw the other day that's essentially the same thing as the peanut butter version of your PB Fit. Um, these products will all be helpful in maintaining your volume of food that you want to eat and also lowering the amount of calories so we're still eating the same foods we're just swapping out the same foods that we eat for the lower calorie versions of them this way 
at least in my mind, I still think I'm eating the exact same, but in reality, I'm actually probably cutting with all the cuts that I made there, probably about 500 calories just from those swaps. And I still feel full. I still feel the exact same as I do normally, not on a cut because I'm still eating the same. I'm still eating the same pretty much ingredients, pretty much the same foods, just the lower calorie versions of them. In terms of lifting, lifting, I keep the exact same. So the same lifting style that you use to build muscle, use the same lifting style to keep the muscle and or continue to build the muscle during the cut, which is a pretty radical idea. People are like, oh, you can't build muscle during a cut. And you most certainly can build muscle during a cut. Will it be as much as when you have an adequate amount of nutrients, ad adequate amount of calories? No, it won't be the, the same amount, but you can still build a little bit so long as you're in tune with your diet choices, your protein is still kept at the same, like I mentioned before, one gram per pound of body weight, and you're also lifting the same. So if you're lifting for strength and you're still going into the gym with the same amount of focus, maybe you have a pre-workout that helps you once you get deeper into your cut so you can focus more and have more energy from caffeine at least to go into the gym and still get stronger, you're going to put on muscle by default. So all in all, my body composition plan for the summer the main takeaways that I have are the slower, the better. So when I am going to start a cut, the first thing that I do is not look at changing the calories in portion, but actually rather changing the calories out. So if my maintenance calories, if I end up right before my cut, I'm eating my maintenance calories and they're at 2,500 calories, so 2,500 calories, instead of trying to create that calorie deficit, meaning consuming less calories than I exert, instead of having that come from the calories in portion, the food that I'm eating, I try to create that from the calories out portion. So what this means is I start doing cardio, I start moving more throughout the day, my non-exercise activity thermogenesis goes up, I try to choose better foods that will slightly burn more calories throughout the day. I try to have it all come first from the calories out portion, typically from cardio because it's the easiest way to do it. And the reason for this is because once we start getting deeper into a cut, the body goes under adaptations to where it's called a metabolic adaptation. And the less calories that we eat for the longer amount of time, our body starts to adapt because it recognizes that it's not getting the amount of energy that it requires on a daily basis. This is going on for several weeks now. Let's say you're six, eight weeks in a cut, six to eight weeks in a cut, and your body consistently has not gotten the energy that it needs. It realizes that, hey, we're in a calorie deficit. And what it does is it adapts to meet those calorie requirements now. So if you were once eating 2,000 calories at a 500 calorie deficit when your maintenance was at 2,500 calories, that means that the body would adapt over time to make 2,000 calories your new maintenance calories. So for people that have cut calories and they started losing weight and then it plateaus, they wonder, oh, why am I not losing weight anymore? It's probably because your body has adapted to meet those new energy requirements. Also, you've probably lost quite a bit of weight meaning your body doesn't need all of that energy because you're lighter. You don't need more energy to move around. It's easier to move. It doesn't require the same amount of energy as it once did. So because of this, I like to start with the calories out portion 
because I want to keep the same amount of food in my diet for as long as possible. I want to feel like I'm still eating the same for my mind as well. I still want to feel like I'm not going on a cut. I still want to feel like I have normal amounts of food in my body because I'm still eating the same normal amounts of food that I normally would if I weren't on a cut. So I would start personally with cardio. I would do lower intensity cardio and build up over time. So as my body adapts that way, I would just add in more and more and more. So at the very start of my cuts, and again, I said the slower, the better. So at the very start of my cuts, I would only start off with 10 minutes of cardio per day. It's really not a lot. Very low intensity. You don't have to do much. Walking on the treadmill, biking, whatever kind of cardio that you like to do or that works best for you is the cardio that you should do. So if you're someone that asks, well, what's the best kind of cardio? The best kind of cardio that you should do is the one that you enjoy doing because the longer you stick to it, the more beneficial it'll be. There's no point in doing a specific type of cardio if you hate it. You're going to end up hating what you do. You're going to end up hating doing the cardio, hating going to the gym, hating going for a run, whatever it is. You're going to end up hating it and not sticking to it because people don't like to stick to what they hate. So choose a type of cardio that works for you. If you have the choice to choose a lower intensity cardio, meaning cardio that's not so energy expensive, more taxing on your body, right? So things like walking is very low intensity as opposed to sprinting. Sprinting is high intensity. Um, the Stairmaster is pretty low intensity. Walking on the treadmill is low intensity. Slow bike rides are low intensity. But as long as you're moving at a low intensity and you enjoy it, this will be the best way of starting out your cardio. There's also a pretty big myth, which has some relevant literature to support it, that higher intensity cardios will end up hindering your ability to keep or put on muscle. And this I do agree with with some extent. I think if you are dialed in enough and very diligent with the amounts of food and the types of food that you're eating, I think you can recover enough to where you can end up building muscle as you're doing higher intensity cardios. I started running last summer and also at the same time I began running, endurance running at that, I was also embarking in powerlifting and I was still able to increase all of my lifts. I hit all PRs at the end of my programs for both running and for powerlifting during the same time and all of this naturally too and it kind of just made me realize that you can still do higher intensity cardios and still gain muscle and strength at the same time will it be harder yes will you gain as much muscle doing that as you would if you did lower intensity cardio probably not probably lost a little bit of gains on the table meaning i only gained one pound over the summer as opposed to four possibly but you're still able to gain muscle and you're still able to gain strength and you're still able to have fun in the gym and hit your lifts while you are doing other things that you like to do. So for me, I started to enjoy running and I know it's typically not the best option for cardio. It is a higher intensity cardio, but I enjoy it. It works for me. I was still able to put on muscle. I was diligent enough to keep track of my diet and the foods that I was eating and my recovery. Recovery is very important, sleep was on point, and I was still able to hit all of my goals that I wanted to. So 
moral of the story is choose the cardio that you enjoy and stick to it. Start slow, start at a low amount and work your way up. So for example, if I were to start my cut, I would do 10 minutes of running at the end of my lifting workouts or at a separate time too. I wouldn't necessarily do it before because that would end up making me more tired before I go into my heavy lifts, which would also hinder my progress. So that's another point that should be made if I'm doing higher intensity cardios. I would do it after lifting. And so I would start with 10 minutes for week one, maybe go on to 15 minutes for week two and keep bumping it up from there. Once I get to 30 minutes per day, that's a pretty intense amount. It's a pretty long time to do cardio every single day. Um, At that point, you can play around too. You can do 10 minutes per day for the first week. You can do 20 minutes four days of the week for the second week, 20 minutes five days of the week for the third week, 20 minutes every day for the fourth week, and then go half and half on the days of the week for 30 and 20 minutes. Whatever you're doing, just make it small increments, small increment jumps, so you can continue to be in a calorie deficit without taxing your body too much, and you can also stay ahead of that metabolic adaptation. Once we get into about six to eight weeks in the cut, and you're starting to do cardio, and the cardio is starting to get mentally pretty tough because who, at the end of the day, wants to do 40 plus minutes of cardio at the end of every workout or at a separate time or at any point during the day, really? That's when I would start cutting my calories from the calories in portion, from the food that I'm consuming. So from this, then I would start to utilize all of the tactics that I mentioned before, all the little tips, swapping out the same foods for the lower calorie versions. That's always the first move I make. So I feel like my diet hasn't changed. Meanwhile, the amount of calories that I'm consuming did change, and it changed quite a bit with all the little changes. So especially switching from peanut butter to PB Fit, that usually saves me about 150 calories per day. Going from a whole milk yogurt to a non-fat yogurt, or even going from a flavored Greek yogurt to a non-fat plain Greek yogurt would save me about 100 calories per day. Using fat-free cheese instead of regular cheese, I would save about another 100 calories from there. So you would see it already adds up to about 400, 500 calories. And also with the bread, saving another 100 calories there. I would just cut another 500 calories just from swapping those foods, and that would sustain me for another three to four weeks before that metabolic adaptation catches up to me. So at this point, I'm already 10-ish weeks into my cut, And the only thing that's changed in my diet are the slight food differences that are the lower calorie versions of those foods. I'm still eating the same foods, just the lower calorie versions. My volume stayed the same, so I still feel like my stomach is full throughout the day. Nothing changes in my gut. I don't feel like I'm when I'm looking at food, I don't feel like it's, oh, this is such a little amount of food. I feel so hungry. I don't feel any of that. And on top of that, I just add in cardio, which also makes my heart stronger. That's a very good goal to have. People should exercise with cardio. It is recommended that people do 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio per week. So if you're not hitting those numbers, definitely work to start hitting those numbers because this will keep your heart strong. This will keep your heart beating. If you want to relate it to lifting, this will keep your endurance recovery very strong so you can recover easily between sets and hop onto the next set 
you notice that as you start getting into a cut, you'll feel like, wow, I really feel like I can jump into the next set pretty quickly. So already 10 weeks into the cut, not much has changed in my diet other than the fact that I'm pretty healthy. And at that point, you're going to be considerably leaner. Um, I would probably be for myself specifically about 5% leaner at that point. So if I'm starting at 15% body fat, I would be at 10% body fat by this time, 10 weeks in. And that's pretty much my end goal. I mean, for me personally, 10% is very lean physique. Anything that dips below that, we start playing into sleep quality. Uh, me personally, I don't sleep well once we get under, once I get under 10% body fat. Also, your hormone levels start to get out of whack. You start to become a little bit irritable, a little bit hangry. Um, there's a hunger hormone called ghrelin that starts increasing regardless of the amount of volume in your food that you try to eat. Obviously, the volume of your food could help. It would prolong that hunger hormone from spiking throughout the day, but it's still going to be there regardless. Lower than 10% body fat, you're going to start to be hungry. So pretty much my cut really isn't that difficult. I would go from 15 to 10% quite easily just from adding in little increments of cardio starting small so it doesn't feel like a lot and just adding a little bit of little bit at a time so that I don't feel like I'm exerting myself to the point of I can't recover. On top of that, my diet really didn't change. For half the cut, I kept the calories at the exact same and the other half of it, I just chose the lower calorie versions of it so my volume stayed the same and I'm still 5% leaner. So moral of the story is the slower, the better. For me, it took about, in this fake scenario, 10 weeks to lose 5%. If you have more than 5%, that's totally fine. Just keep doing these principles for longer. It's just the time game. The slower, the better. So if you have 20% body fat or more, or you want to have a certain goal of just keep going until I feel like I'm lean enough, then just keep lowering the amount of calories, keep swapping out the foods for lower calorie options of the food, keep adding in more cardio. It will get to a certain point where it becomes a little too much. And at that point, I would suggest starting to be okay with where your body's at compositionally wise um, without pushing yourself to the point of, wow, now I'm doing two, car two hours of cardio a day and I'm eating nothing. I'm eating dirt throughout the day. So definitely don't get to that point. And that's something that you can work on as time goes on. You can work on it next year, next winter, once the cut's over, etc. But the slower the better, definitely. For cardio, I would always take out cardio first and then take away from your calories. This would ensure that A, you are increasing your metabolic capacity, you are increasing your capacity to burn calories, and you become a better butter burner, meaning the more cardio you do, the more efficient you become. So on top of all the heart benefits that it has, the cardiovascular benefits, blood benefits that cardio has, continue to do it for the gains if you really want to. So all in all, the slower you take your cut, the better it'll be for the long term. The better it'll be on your mind, the better it'll be on your body, the better you will feel as you're cutting, and the better the experience it is. 
and you'll notice that if you start early enough, if you start in March, 10 to 14, 15 weeks should be plenty enough time to get in shape and not be miserable in the process. You don't have to completely cut calories and do hours and hours of cardio. Just increase little amounts at a time. It'll feel better than just jumping straight into it and being miserable on week one, two, or three. On top of this, for my cut, I would use cardio first, then I would take away my calories. Also, I didn't mention that keeping the calories in also keeps the amount of micronutrients that you're getting from your foods in your diet. And a lot of times we focus on our macronutrients, which yes, that's all what plays into your weight control and your fat control, but the micronutrients support a lot of healthy processes in the body. Definitely want to keep all those micronutrients in without having to maybe supplement it with a greens powder or reds powder or any kind of supplement. All of the naturally occurring vitamins and minerals that come from fruits and vegetables and all the other foods, meats, any kind of natural product contains micronutrients. So definitely keep those in as long as possible, which is why I like to start with my cardio first and then slowly lower the calories, but still keeping the same types of foods in. So I know I'm hitting my micro and macronutrient goals. For cardio specifically, do whatever cardio you like to do. Don't worry much about the specific types of cardio, just so long as you're not exerting yourself to the point where you can't recover, and then you can't do it the next day or whatever other day you have it scheduled for. And also to the point where you don't feel miserable doing it. Pick cardio that you enjoy. I also recently got into jump roping, and I love it. So if I want to jump rope for 10, 15 minutes a day, I'll do it. Um, if you like to ride the bike, ride the bike. If you like to walk on the treadmill because it's easy and you get to watch a TV show as you're doing it, sure, go for it. Hop on the treadmill. If you like to hit the stairs and you find that that's the most efficient way of burning calories, then do it. Choose whatever kind of cardio works for you, the one that you enjoy, the one that your body likes, and just stick to it. If you like the rower, row. So... That'll end up keeping you doing cardio for longer, you'll enjoy it more, and it'll be easier for you to actually complete it so you don't have to end up taking away calories later in the day if you skip it. So that is my 2023 weight loss plan for the summer. The advice that I would give to my personal friends, I think this is going to be the same plan that I would use for this year personally. I think it's the same plan that everybody should use. I happen to have the luxury of killing two birds with one stone in the terms of I am running a half marathon in the middle of March. So I'm already going to be adding in a lot of cardio and therefore pretty much by default, unless I really start to force feed, I'll be in an unintentional cut by March. Um, So at that point, I will just kind of maintain throughout the summer, but it's the same principles that apply. I'm just adding in more cardio. I started slow with my running volume and I added in more as the weeks progressed. And this is something that will end up creating calorie deficit. I do that for longer amounts of time and I recover well enough and I'm on my way to losing fat. And that's really all it takes. So thank you all for watching and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you've learned at least one thing that you have the power to utilize right now in order to better your health. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like and write a review on whichever platform you are listening, and we'll see you next time.